Trust you enjoyed very much the opportunity to sing together and look forward to the days ahead. Of course, uh, so much has changed in the last 10 weeks. One of the things, particularly with our congregation, many of you know that we lost uh, four of our members, not due to uh, COVID-19, but just due to age. Uh, uh, Ruby Braswell, David Flint's mom, uh, one of our members, uh, Betty Morris, uh, went to be with the Lord. Uh, of course, uh, Ruby Bra- uh, said Ruby Braswell, uh, Evelyn Mann, uh, she had moved away to South Georgia, but had retained her membership just because she was kind of shut in at home. And then, of course, many of you know Alta Gady. Uh, Alta used to sit right over here. And one of the things we're going to miss is, I know uh, Mark and I see that little hand raise up when the Lord was working in her heart and uh, encouraging her. And as we sing that last hymn, Till God Calls Us Home, I'm going to proclaim, In Christ I Stand. And, uh, you know, that's one thing that hasn't changed. Our faith has not changed. It's still in the solid rock, Jesus Christ. And I trust you're keeping your eyes on him. That's one of the reasons we're going to jump into this series. Uh, Many of you know that today I'm going to begin a shorter series in comparison to many of my past series. When I first got here, I preached through the book of Acts, which was 54 messages. So if you take maybe about 15 in the year that I don't, uh, other people speak or uh, we're speaking on different topics, that was like an over, over a year or almost a year and a half series. We made our way through the Gospel of John a couple of years ago, and that was 82 messages. So that was at least over two, a two-year period. And then uh, just recently before... Quarantine, I finished speaking through the book of 1 Corinthians, which was, I looked back, 43 messages. So that was about a year when it came to uh, me speaking over the course of that year with having a few different people speak here and there. But today, we are going to begin to investigate the life of Abraham. Now, some may think, uh, why Abraham? Why give uh, our time to this particular person's life? I asked myself that same question as I began to contemplate it. Why do I feel compelled to spend a good portion of our time looking at Abraham? My tentative plan has been about nine to ten weeks. Some may say, don't focus, Pastor Brian, on the old. We need something new right now. We've got new problems in 2020, so give us some new solutions right now. Focus on the New Testament. Well, of course, it's important to remember that we learn from the past. And history oftentimes repeats itself. A famous person once said, those who don't learn from the past are destined to repeat it. So we want to learn from those who have come before us. Now, some of you may say, instead of focusing on that Old Testament person, let's, let's talk about navigating the end. Aren't we in the end times? In fact, After I had already begun to write my intro for this sermon, I was talking to one of our senior saints who expressed her desire to hear more about the end times. In fact, I had thought about taking a week right here at the beginning to preach to you from 1 Timothy 3, which talks about this we know that in the last days perilous times shall come. And it gives a list, men shall be lovers of their own selves and all the different attributes of people during the end times. And 
just so you know, we are with Jesus' resurrection. We have entered the last days. And I considered looking at that text, which ultimately culminates with this, but continue thou in the thing which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. And then Paul, at the end of that chapter, says, you've got the word. And it's there to help you to navigate all of life in the midst of perilous times. I considered that as possibly the place to go. Well, we will look at the end in the days ahead. Now, that's understandable. We will all see the end as we keep going forward. But Lord willing, we will spend time there in the days ahead. Some of you may just say, Pastor Brian, just tell us about Jesus. You know what? That is always a good request. Because you know what? All of us need Jesus. And we all need Jesus all the time. And I trust, in fact, that if you don't know Jesus, even today as I speak, you will have many references to the Lord Jesus Christ. All of your biggest need and my biggest need every day is to know Christ more. Grace and peace will be multiplied to you through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord willing, as we look at Abraham, we're going to look past him, of course, to the person of Jesus Christ. So, I trust you will hear Jesus' voice today. So, why Abraham? Well, the short answer is this. Abraham is one of the biggest billboards leading you to faith in Jesus Christ. It is a huge life that if you will look at, it'll point you to Jesus Christ. The practical answer is this, that God directed me in his providence to this man's life. And I know that as we look at the scripture, the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And what is it? It's profitable. It will help correct you. It'll help build you up in the faith. And so as we invest our time in this particular section of the Bible, this particular life, we'll all grow in faith. Ultimately, my hope is that through this series, I will help equip you to navigate more properly and efficiently this COVID-19 world rightly. So the title of my series here is this, By Faith, the Life of Abraham. And today is going to be the introductory message of this particular series. And so what I'm going to do today is kind of just lay some groundwork. Um, You know that uh, my normal practice is just to get into one text of scripture and just open it up. A topical message like I'm going to do today is a lot more uncomfortable for me because I'm just going to be speaking to you and touching on a number of different texts. We will land in Hebrews near the end of our message, but I'm not going to remain in one place. So today what I want to do in our message is to answer two simple questions. And the first is this, who is Abraham? And the second is, why are we going to study his life? So to begin with, who is this guy, Abraham? Now, when I bring up that name, Abraham, I understand the fact that those who are not biblically or maybe who are biblically illiterate may think of our nation's 16th president, Abraham Lincoln. Of course, Abraham Lincoln, his namesake, the person no doubt he was named after, is this biblical character of faith who in so many ways demonstrates to us what Christianity is. 
What are some key facts about this man, Abraham? First is simply this. He was what many people call a patriarch. Now, if you Googled the term patriarch, you would find this particular definition. The male head of a family or tribe. So I could say, you know what? Hey, I am a patriarch by the most common uh, definition of that particular word. However, more technically, if you go to even deeper, a patriarch is this. Any of those biblical figures regarded as fathers of the human race, particularly Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and their forefathers, or the sons of Jacob. So you think of all the the 12 sons of Jacob. Those are the patriarchs. However, most technically, when people who probably have spent the most time in church, when you think of a patriarch, oftentimes, most technically, you think of three people. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These three men, okay, these patriarchs lived around 2000 BC. So a long time ago, 4,020 years. Their stories are told in detail in Genesis chapter 12 through Genesis 50. Now, 2000 BC may seem too ancient for you and I to grasp, but it's not too far away, in fact. In fact, that reality hit me between the eyes when I first climbed the pyramids at Giza. One of the things I always looked forward to up to a few years ago was to see the pyramids. In fact, a number of years ago, I had the opportunity to climb on some of those stones. And one of the things that impacted me the most was to think that Father Abraham saw and possibly climbed on those very stones himself. The pyramids were built many years before Abraham would have showed up on the scene. So to think, you know what, here I'm looking at objects that actually Abraham saw. These events are not too far away. Time flies, as you know. Another particular introductory background point about this man, Abraham, he had two names. Abraham was his later name. He began with the name Abram, which means exalted father. Interesting enough, at that point, he was not a father yet. However, God changes his name, and the longer name, Abraham, which we know him as, meant father of multitudes, which at that particular time was like, what? Father of multitudes, a man who was childless? It was showing what God's ultimate plan was for his life. What's another interesting fact about Abraham? Abraham was from Ur of the Chaldeans. Now, some of you are familiar with some of the ancient people in the Bible. Job, which we've looked at before. Job was from Uz. Abraham was from Ur. Don't get them mixed up. Okay. Now, where was Ur? Ur is located in what was called the Fertile Crescent, the cradle of ancient civilization near the Tigris and the Euphrates River. In fact, it would be modern-day Iraq. That's one of the places I have not yet got to visit, but I would love to be able to, at one point, 
to be able to see some of the uh, cradle of civilization and where some of our patriarchs came from. His story began there in the Fertile Crescent, but he was moved by God to the land of Cana, where he spent the rest of his life. And what we'll do is we'll learn how that move in his life was incredibly significant for his future. Personally, my family moved from Miami, Florida to Greenville, South Carolina in 1986. That small move, in my eyes, was huge and had enormous ramifications for my life. In fact, my wife, Jennifer, uh, she and I started at the same elementary school that year I moved. She was in fifth grade and I was in sixth grade. And how that, just that little change altered the course of my life. What we're going to see is that Abraham's move was essential in the drama of the Bible. In fact, Abraham was God's plan to bless the world through one family. Abraham, as we know, his seed was the one that was promised. Way back in Genesis chapter 3, when man fell into sin, God said this. He said, I will send a seed, and there is going to be a seed that reverses the curse. And the Bible says that at one point, that God shall dwell in the tents of Shem. Now, Shem was a descendant of Noah, one of his sons. And then from Noah, then God gets really specific, and he chooses a man by the name of Abraham. And it's going to be through this particular man that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, would come. Which ultimately is the whole reason you and I meet here today. That move was incredibly significant in that Abraham obeyed God when he began to move. We learn as well another significant about uh, aspect about Abraham, and it was this, that he had a certain friend. You know what? Who a person's friends are reveal a lot about that person. What does the Bible say about Abraham's friend? Listen to what it says in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8. It says this, but you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham. Now catch this. God is calling Abraham my friend. God calls this man who lived 4,000 years ago his friend. Now this is significant because we know from other texts that human beings are at enmity with God. We are not friends of God, but all of a sudden you run into a person who the Bible says is a friend of God. How did this happen? Well, when you read about one of God's friends, you better take notice. It's because this man became righteous and that righteousness was granted to him as he came to faith. How do we become a friend? Friends are important. You know, one of the things I did during quarantine was I, and maybe some of you did, I watched 
a particular documentary called The Last Dance about the Chicago Bulls' 1998 season. At one point in watching that particular series, they interviewed one person that was called Michael Jordan's best friend. And I remember seeing that and it's like, oh, that'd be kind of interesting. What would it have been like to be Michael Jordan's best friend? No doubt it had perks. No doubt it had its problems. Probably had to go through certain things to help his friend go through those trials. But think about this. Imagine being identified as God's friend. That is the testimony of this man, Abraham. I don't know about you, but I want to be a friend of God. And if I can learn what it means to be a friend of God through this man Abraham's life, I want to do it. In fact, later on, years later, the Bible says about Jesus, that great descendant of Abraham, that Jesus calls his disciples his what? His friends. Something happened. Okay, I personally believe that this man Abraham, as we'll see in the days ahead, he saw the pre-incarnate Christ. What do you mean by that, Pastor Brian? That Abraham saw Jesus before he incarnated. You say, really, Pastor Brian? Well, we'll get to text that I believe the Bible talks about in reference to this. That another day. Those are just some introductory facts of who is Abraham. Now I want to tell you this and answer my second question. It's why investigate Abraham's life? And I'm going to give you three reasons. This is how we'll end our service. First reason why we want to commit ourselves to Abraham and understanding his life is, number one, our commitment to the word of God. Most of you, I believe, are committed and you believe the word of God is what God has said it is. In fact, I referenced earlier in my message, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and there's a famous verse there that says this. It says, all scripture, so from Genesis to Revelation, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for doctrine or for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for the training of righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped For every good work. What this verse tells me is this. That whatever text I go to in my Bible, whether it's in the book of Genesis, whether it's in the book of Habakkuk, whether it's in the book of Jonah, or whether it's in the book of Luke. All scripture was given to me to be profitable, to correct me and to build me up and to train me in godliness. Now I'm so glad that God gave to us general revelation, which means his creation. So like when you walk outside at the end of this particular service, you're going to be able to see his creation on display. I am glad, and some people have expressed this as well, that this quarantine was not in the dead of winter. I'm glad that our quarantine was at least in somewhat of the fall, and probably many of you saw more people walking in the last couple of months than you ever have in your neighborhoods. You've seen neighbors that you've never met before, okay? And they've all come out of the woodwork. Well, God has revealed himself generally through nature, his eternal power and Godhead. But he has specifically revealed himself through 66 books of the Bible. 
And I'll tell you this, why study Abraham's life? It's because Abraham's life is referenced in much of your Bible. His detailed account is in Genesis 12 through 25. But that is simply the beginning of the references to this man, Abraham. If you and I have a commitment to know the word of God, it beckons us to know about Abraham's life well. How tragic it would be to not know one of the main characters of the Bible, like Abraham. It would be like uh, not knowing who Gandalf was in The Lord of the Rings, or not knowing who Dumbledore is in Harry Potter. In order to know the whole picture, you've got to know who these people are. In fact, if you are to fully understand sections of your New Testament, if you are going to be able to know these particular uh, books, like Romans, Galatians, Hebrews, you must grasp Abraham's life. You've got to know it. You've got to know what was going on. Not only that, Jesus refers to Abraham's life often. In fact, in my just normal Bible reading this past Friday, I read the story of Zacchaeus. So think about it. Friday before I preached this message, and I'd already thought Jesus refers to Abraham a lot. And so as I'm reading this story of Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus follows Jesus, I mean, he comes down from the tree, as many of you know, He goes to, Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' house, and I believe now Zacchaeus becomes a follower of Christ, and he says, now I will, anything that I have stolen, I will return fourfold. And what does Jesus say? Here is a son of Abraham. Let me tell you, he's not just stating that that is who he is ethnically. He is saying something happened in this man's life that he became a man of faith. That's why he's calling. So if you didn't understand why and who Abraham was, you won't even understand fully what Jesus is teaching in this particular story. So it's important if you're committed to the word of God to dive into this man's life. And so over the next number of weeks, we are going to visit many texts. Also, just as a side note, in the health of Lebanon Baptist Church, one of the things that I try to do, if you are a committed member here and you continue to come, my hope is that over the long period of time, you are going to be taught the whole counsel of God. That we will look in both the old and the new and we'll uncover the treasures because the Bible says someone who knows uh, the, the ideas of the kingdom is able to bring out of the treasure box bo- both things that are old and new. And in the health of our church, it's interesting, a number of months ago, now a couple of years ago, we studied in depth Genesis 1 through 11 with our series on beginnings and endings. And then we went to the book of Revelation and we stopped in chapter 11. What we're going to do now is we're going to pick up in chapter 12 and take you more through this foundational book of Genesis so that you as a church, we are helping to provide a vaccine, you could say, to help you to know how to interact in life by faith. So the first reason that you and I need to 
give ourselves to understanding the life of this man Abraham is because we have a commitment to the word of God. And we know that faith that has already begun in many of your life, faith is grown. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let me encourage you right here at the offset of this. Pastor Scott emailed our church and said, hey, maybe some of you need to start reading on Abraham's life. Don't just rely on Sunday mornings to be your time to be in the word. You get to know his life and study it yourself. And you be able to pull out some of the jewels that you are learning. So that's reason number one. The second reason is this. Our command to make disciples. All of you need to remember the Great Commission. He's told every one of you who is a follower of his that your job is to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And of course, he is with you always to the end of the age. If you're to make disciples of all nations, why is it so important that you know this guy, Abraham? Well, did you know that many of the people that you will encounter, that you're trying to make disciples, are followers of other religions? And it's interesting that Abraham is a key figure in three of our world's major religions. Number one, all of us know he's a major character and a major role role in the realm of Christianity. But did you know that he's also major in Judaism? You say, what's Judaism? Judaism is all the Old Testament, plus they add things, minus the New Testament and minus Jesus. So in Judaism, Abraham's big. He's important. So if you know about him, you're going to be able to interact with those people and help lead them to Christ. Not only that, Islam. Did you know that Abraham plays a very key role in the Muslim faith? In fact, one of the major holidays in Islam commemorates Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac. In fact, one of the major tenets in Islam is a pilgrimage to Mecca to visit what they call the Kaaba, which was supposedly built by Abraham and Ishmael as the first house of worship. And many of you who have uh, seen the worshipers going to Mecca and encircling this, what you'd say, black box, and you're like, what in the world's going on there? You know what it all has ties to? It all has ties to this man, Abraham. So did you know that Abraham is an incredible starting point for gospel conversations? I can still remember one of my teachers, one of my mentors, Mike Knight, we're out trying to reach people for the gospel on a, on a particular mission trip, and he runs into some of the Muslim faith. And what does Mike do? Mike begins to find an agreement point. And guess what the agreement point was? Abraham. Let's talk about Abraham. And they were all very open to talk about Abraham, and you know what he used it as? He used it as his doorway to bring in the message of Jesus Christ. So let me tell you, Abraham is a key 
person to understand. If you're going to make disciples in this world, how negligent it would be if you were not able to speak accurately of this father, of the one of the fathers of the faith. So Lebanon Baptist Church, let's go to school on this guy's life. Let's know it. Let's grow in our head knowledge of him so that we'll be able to answer those who ask a question of the hope that lies within us. However, the final reason I believe is the most significant, here it is, our call to live by faith. I want to direct your attention now to that book of Hebrews. I told you we'd get to the scriptures here at some point. I've referred to some. But in the book of Hebrews, this particular book, of course, is a letter that shows how Jesus Christ is the ultimate revelation of God. If you want to see God, look no further than Jesus Christ. In fact, John chapter 1 says, And the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. Jesus is, as he'll say in Hebrews 1, God's, if you want to see God, he is the exact imprint. In fact, listen to what it says in Hebrews 1 verse 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Now listen to this about Jesus. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And what the book of Hebrews does... As we're building up to chapter 11, Hebrews shows that Jesus is superior to all the Old Testament persons, all the Old Testament practices, all of them find their answer in him. He was what they were all pointing to. And what the writer's doing is he's telling about the superiority of Jesus in order that those who were following Christ at that time would, number one, have faith in Christ, but also would be faithful to Christ to the end. And as he's encouraging them to this end, in Hebrews chapter 6, he gives them an example of the faith of Abraham who was given a promise and he placed his faith in God. Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 6. As we're building to chapter 11, it says this, And we, this is the writer, and we desire each of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. Now let's just stop here. You know what he's saying here? He says, a lot of you who are living in hard times like you and I live in a COVID-19 world. And we have our faith that is assaulted in a number of different ways. So were these Hebrews back then. But Jesus is superior. And he says, And we desire that each of you show the same earnestness and have a full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those, and now here it says, who through faith and patience inherited the promise. And then he continues, he goes on, For when God made a promise, and there he is, to Abraham, 
Since he had no greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, God did. Saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, and I love this, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. Here was a man who in the midst of very difficult times believed in his God. Looked forward to the one who would save him. He looked forward to Jesus' first coming. Guess what you and I are doing? We're looking forward. We're looking back at Jesus' first coming, but we're looking forward to his second coming. Honestly, sometimes, you know what we just need? We just need an example of someone who will just show us, hey, someone made it. And let me tell you, Abraham made it. Remember when Jesus tells the parable of the rich man and Lazarus? Where is Lazarus? He is at Abraham's side. Abraham, let me tell you, he made it to God's presence. He's there. You know, there's been times that I've gone on various hikes, and sometimes these hikes are are pretty long. And when you're going on a hike and you're going to a particular scenic view, and you're on your way there, you're like, how much farther, how much farther, am I going to make it there? And then all of a sudden you see some people coming back on the trail. And what do you normally ask them? How much farther and what? Is it what? Is it worth it? Is it really worth it? Let me tell you, Abraham is one of the guys who you can look at his life and he says, you're almost there. And it's worth it. Keep looking. Look to him. And you know what he can do? He can inspire you. You know, over the last number of weeks, some of you have heard of a guy by the name of Captain Tom Moore. Tom Moore was a British soldier during World War II. Now 100 years of age, what he did a few weeks ago was he sought to raise somewhere around 1,000 pounds for the national health care there in Britain. So that would equal about 1,250 U.S. dollars. He wanted to raise some money to help And so what he decided to do was he says, hey, I will use my walker and I'll walk 82 feet to my garden and back and see how many people I can get to support me over the next number of days. Well, to make a long story short, he did those, he did it a hundred times and he didn't raise a thousand pounds. His actions raised $40 million over the last few weeks. To the point of just a few days ago, the Queen of England, who is his minor, made him a knight of the British Empire. Now he is Sir Tom Moore. How significant would that be? A man who's that age to inspire. Well, let me tell you, there's another man who I believe who was around the same age, a hundred years of age. And he had faith to step out and walk by faith. And if you will follow in his faith, let me tell you, it will lead you to the only person that can save you. It is Jesus Christ. And in chapter 11 of Hebrews, the text that Scott read just a moment ago is a hall of faithful people who by faith did in many ways what Abraham did. They set their eyes and their hope on the days ahead. 
in fact, look what it says in Hebrews 11 verse 1. It says this, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I've always loved the definition of faith. It's this, you believe without seeing. It is a confidence. It is the assurance of things hoped for. And in fact, did you know that it is essential for you and I to have faith? Go down to verse 6. He says this. He says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Did you know that you and I are called to have faith in our God? In fact, other text talks about, and we will spend much time with these truths, that you and I are only justified, which means you and I are only made righteous in God's sight by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. But did you know that even your faith, the Bible says, it is a gift from God. God gifts you that faith. But that faith that he gifts you is something that, you know what? You must exercise. It's a, it's a great mystery. But it's a gift to you, but then you are to exercise it and to grow in it. And then what Hebrews 11 does is he gives you examples. And in verse 8, he begins to give you this example of Abraham. He says this, and I love that little phrase, by faith. Abraham obeyed when he was called out to go to a place that he had received as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. And notice the next two words. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs of the of him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And then it talks about his wife, by faith, Sarah. You know what he did? He lived his life, not by sight, but he lived it by faith in this God. Every person who is going to enter heaven are going to enter heaven, not because of our own merits. We are all saved by grace, through faith, and ultimately in the sacrifice of Christ. And you know what it's evidenced by? It's evidenced by obedience. And this man showed his faith through his obedience. And then it's said that he had his eyes on eternity. Go down to verse 13 again. The text that Pastor Scott read to us, it says, These all died in faith. Does that mean that he saw the end of all that he was believing in? No, he didn't see it this side of heaven. All these died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land of Ur from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But you know what they weren't thinking about? They weren't thinking about Ur. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them 
a city. You know what Abraham and Sarah did? They looked beyond this life and they saw eternity. And I would say they didn't just see eternity. They saw the God who stands above eternity. They lived by faith. I don't know about you, but I know that I have a hard time seeing past my present reality. Don't you? We see all the signs of this life. Keep your social distance signs. Stand here. Stand behind this tape. We see the mask. We see the bell curves. In fact, this past week, I saw the pre-dug on the news, the pre-dug graves in Brazil for the people they know in the next few days are going to die of COVID-19. They're They're preparing. We see the temperature guns. We see our pitiful financial statements. We see all the Facebook posts and all the conspiracies and all of this. And I'll tell you, it is so easy for us to be caught into just seeing this life and living for this planet. I'm tempted to see my life through the eyes of flesh rather than the eyes of faith. Aren't you? And it is good for us to learn from Abraham. Abraham didn't live by the predicaments of life, but he lived by the promises of God. Are you living by your predicaments or are you living by the promises of God? How stable are you right now? Because the only thing that you ought to be standing on is on the promises of God. Let me give you another quote here. There are much greater spiritual realities than the physical realities that you are facing. And you know what you need to do? You need to set your affection on things that are above, not on things that are on on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Lebanon Baptist Church, I want you to see life through faith. Those of you who are listening online, don't just look at life. Look look beyond this life. Look to the Lord. That's what Abraham did. Lebanon Baptist Church, where is your faith and where is your faithfulness? Is it in the Lord Jesus Christ? Are your eyes fixed on the King of Heaven or have you faltered in the midst of this? You know what I hope? As we look at the man, Abraham, we will see God of heaven who oversees it all. I don't want us to be like those disciples on the boat who are on the boat and you know what? The storm comes and we're all worried. And what does Jesus do to those disciples? He says, where is your what? Where's your faith? And then they see him calm the storms and they say, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the seas obey him? That's who we need to trust. Did Abraham struggle? Let me tell you, he did. And we're going to see it. He failed on numbers of occasions. We'll see his feet of clay. But you know what God saw? God saw his mustard seed of faith. My desire for you, you at Lebanon Baptist Church is that you would follow in the faith of Abraham. That's why he says in Hebrews chapter 12... Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses like Abraham. That's my little added phrase there. Let us lay aside every weight. What weights are you carrying today? 
Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. Lebanon Baptist Church, what sin have you given into over this quarantine that's just zapped you of your faith? Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of the what? Of the faith. Who basically did everything that was needed for you. Let us look through the life of Abraham and let's live by faith. Let's see the God that Abraham saw. And as it says in the book of 2 Corinthians, we walk by faith, not by what? Not by sight. May God help our church. At the beginning of all this quarantine, you know what I encourage you to do? The first week that I was preaching from this pulpit, and there were two people in here. Okay? And I'm trying to look at the camera as best I can. You know what I encourage you to do? I I encourage you to put on the glasses of faith. See life through creation, the fall, and redemption. That's how you have to do, and that's how you're going to navigate this life. And may God help you in this room and you at home, that we would all follow in the faith of Abraham, that we would all turn to Christ and know how to navigate this COVID-19 world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truths of this particular text. Lord, I ask that you would help our church as we begin this series on this man, Abraham, that we would be a church that would have faith in our God. That we would not allow ourselves to be brought to a point of departure from the faith. But even though that many of us have fallen, that we would get back up and that we would follow hard after Christ. And that we would learn to trust him and that we would grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.